Now we Welcome, everybody. Nope, Endo started talking. I tried. Then you want to do the intro? No, I'm good. One, a two. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Toogie's Take podcast, your favorite hockey podcast that's only sometimes about hockey. Endo, once upon a time, labeled it a fraudcast, and it's a pretty apt description. Speaking of one endurance M, he is back this week, currently preoccupied stuffing his face with food. So he waved, though, for those of you that only listen on the I, audio I side of things. I haven't yet today, so this is my oh. first meal and my go. last supper. So I'm good. How are we doing? How are we doing, fellas? We're, we're doing we're doing good. Doing good. Um, Sin. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging in there. Yeah. I unlocked, finally unlocked Elite Edges in, in NHL <laughs> last night. Like after I just never playing, only ever playing with you guy doing a bit of pro-am. I'm just like, I want Elite Edges and Gold 1T. And then and then I discovered Gold 1T doesn't unlock to level 50. And I'm like, God damn it. I don't want to play anymore of pro-am. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll wait. So you grinded Pro-Am. For an <sighs> I still time. haven't finished it. I mean, yeah, I just want, why? Just let me buy it. <laughs> <sighs> you know? Just kidding. I mean, just just let me enjoy the game enough that we play it a lot and I just unlock things within the first couple weeks like it used to happen. Yeah. But don't you miss the days of having to buy boost packs in the 360 era plus I five never... speed? I never played online uh, in that era. I only started playing Eshel in like, I mean, technically I, I did at the end of that era, like NHL, f- like 15 old, like 360. I, I mm-hmm. didn't really play 14 online. And then I got into Eshel in like NHL 15. Hmm. I so yeah, realize it was, was that very, late. I was very late to the like online scene of NHL. Cause for honestly, for a long time, I just didn't, after kind of got bored of Halo, I didn't really do Xbox Live anymore. Like after I dropped out of the craziness of Halo, Halo 2, Halo 3, I'm all over that shit. But I, yeah, kind of dropped out after that. Hmm. I didn't realize it was that late because I was, I felt like I was late to it. But then again, I, I started playing online eShow with like NHL 10 or 11. So I was only like Jesus. a year or two out from when it started. Um, I was very late you- to the party. Yeah. What what a party to be late to. Let's be honest. Well, I mean, shit, dude. I once I got into it, I'm like, damn, dude, is this what I've been missing? This is this is a blast. Like, I don't have to bitch about the AI. <laughs> kind of humans and, act more like hockey players at times. At times. At times. <laughs> and um, now we have Eshel being EASHL uh being what it is. Which um you and I just got done half an hour, an hour or so ago, uh, doing our uh, NHL 24 esports commentary with Sports Gamer. Sports I'm Gamer still wearing changed. the jersey; I haven't changed. You are. Like, fuck and uh, I had to slap a sweatshirt on because it's it's a cold time. Winter has finally arrived in New England. Um, but you and I just got done with a game, a series of games, and it had. One of the worst bounces leading to a game-winning goal with one second left that I think I've ever seen. Oh, The type of goal 
it's it's a it's a put the controller down and go play something else type of goal right like if if the three of us were playing eashl with the friendos on stream and that happens to us that's all right boys i'm gonna go play something else type of goal maybe i don't know i feel like I'm, i don't get that angry at the game anymore mm, oh, you I and i it. both go through phases yeah i i just we i are... just i flat out won't play during that time though that's fair <laughs> but yeah, you and I both go through through phases, and I feel like you helped me get to that point in regards to sometimes, and again, we talked about the story, right, last year in Finland, um, when yeah. you and I got stuck outside of the venue yeah, <laughs> that we, we were we... broadcasting, and where normally I'm the one who would be like, oh, this sucks, I hate this, I hate it so much, and you're normally the one, but that's okay, man, we'll just go with the flow. And then you were the one where it's like, I'm, oh, I'm over this. I want to go home. I'm over this. And I'm like, it's fine. It's an yeah. adventure. Yeah. Holy and shit. we treat EASHL the same way. There are some nights where you're the more calm voice of reason and you're not really fussed by the, the bullshit of the video game. And, you know, I'm wanting to jump off a bridge. And then there are other nights where we, you know, kind of reverse roles in that regard. Yeah. Um. It's it's an interesting dynamic, I would say, but it's beneficial because typically it has to be pretty bad for both of us to be like this fucking shit sucks, which is what happened the last time we played. <laughs> yeah, we played two games before I fired up a stream and it was just like, well, there's no way we're playing this on stream tonight. You're just like, this yeah, game like sucks. I could have I could have kept I could have given it like another game. I wasn't to the point of actually being angry yet. But yeah. I was just like, yeah, I if <laughs> I'm not going to keep playing if no one else is playing like I'm just like, yeah, OK, if it's if it's going to behave like this, if people aren't ha- my whole thing is like if other people aren't really having fun, like then I don't want to play. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it drags it drags it down for everybody. Yeah. You know? yeah. Which is like, why in the past I remember when you would like force yourself to play. Because everyone else wanted to play, even though you mm-hmm. didn't. And now you won't play if you don't want it, which is smart. But yeah, it would get healthier. to the point. Uh, definitely healthier. Because the second we get in, if any little thing went wrong, you're like, oh, fucking, of course. Yeah, nah. And then yeah, I'm like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, yeah. And and other times you have a longer leash on that. We're like, all right, a couple things can go wrong. And t- it takes the egregious thing. So yeah, yeah. You, you're, you do a much better job of now just like not playing when you right. just don't want to, which is the way to go with any game. It's crazy that... A fucking video game that we want to be good and want to play just brings out these weird things in everyone. That's why the temptation's always there to play, though, right? And it's like, you know, we talk about the esports side of things on occasion on this podcast because it's, yeah. you know it's a big part of what we do. And um, I saw a tweet uh, when we were live. I think it was from Neeler, um, who said. Oh, is NHL 24 going to kill the competitive scene? And honestly, I don't know. Uh, As we know it, maybe. Because over the past 24 hours, there was another set of uh, call them retirements. I know the League Gaming Twitter account, which I don't know if that's Brody or whatever. was like, hey, can we get used to calling these breaks instead of retirements? Because you never know if you'll be back. But um the na scene was particularly impacted in the past 24 hours um i saw rocket just put something out like an hour ago before we're recording this and then last night was hendry Mm -hmm. and k cut's gone too yeah oh shit is he really i missed that one 
price. Yeah. People are dropping like flies. Um, and that's fucking nuts from the, the Hendry side of things, because that mm -hmm. is somebody that uh, we got to meet as a, a member of his team, Entourage, less than a year ago. And now there's two, if not three members of that team in less than a year who are like, yeah, I'm done with this game competitively. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. It's crazy. I mean, it's, yeah. So it, it, it is NHL 24. Will it kill the competitive scene? No. Is it going to kill what we know is the competitive scene? Yes. There's mm. going to be other people that step up. That's the thing. There's going to be a whole crop of these young fuckers, young little sweats who are licking their chops right now. And they're like, this is mine for the taking now. I can jump in. Like, you know, it's it's I don't think it'll ever go away because there's always going to be someone who's still hungry, who's going to be willing to put up with it or learn enough to get around it and make those necessary adjustments and things like that. And so, yeah, it's going to change. Um, I, it's not going to die. Uh, every, you know, N.A. especially loves to be fucking dramatic um, about things. I don't. Yeah, there's some things that happen that are egregious, but are the bounces really that fucking different from last year? No. But no. there's enough other things they don't like about 24 where they're going to put it all on this game, despite I love what the devs tried to do with the game. And I don't want them to stop going in that direction. But, yeah, there's things they need to fix. Those things were the same things they needed to fix last year. People were bitching mm. about the bounces last year. And now they want to act like NHL 23 was some superior fucking product when all they did was piss and moan about it all year. Come on, man. Like they, people have short memories and they're dramatic. And that's all I gather, particularly from the North American competitive scene. Europeans don't like the game. They'll bitch about it and stuff like that. Some more than others, others, mm -hmm. but they have more of a, 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 they're more chill because it fucking is amazing to live in the Nordics. I don't blame them for being chill all the time. Um, well, and they're, they're just also very cold. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Ch chills dual meaning. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Comedy. Yeah, I had a big talk with McSaven about it. It was actually in one of the streams when Tugi was not having it. And he, he talked to me afterwards and he was like, he was like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I like your, I like your mentality. And, uh, Tugi needs to take a break for a while. I'm like, yeah, I'm telling him that because <laughs> he's not having fun and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. and he was like, he was like, yeah, it's like, you just have to learn it. I think it was at the beginning of maybe 23 i don't think it was 24 but it was like the, the beginning of the game where it completely changed from the beta which everyone kind of loved and they just mm -hmm. made it a fast clusterfuck and i remember yeah. in the beginning you were not having it you're like these incidents suck this sucks everything sucks i can't do this i can't do that and i'm like it's cool man let's just try to learn how it works and right. like <laughs> yeah sounds like you <laughs> and uh he was yeah but anyway just long <laughs> things short that's just the kind of the european mentality like all right well, let's see if we could learn the ins and outs of it before we pile on. Whereas NA is more fuck this. Okay, let's try to learn. Okay, in your mind, fuck this. I was gonna say right, <laughs> like that. That's the attitude towards it is, you know, some nights you're just like, all right, the game is what it is. Let's just play it for what it is. But then there are other nights where it just gets a little bit more under your skin about what the game yeah. could be, should be, what you want it to be. And it just gets more difficult to look past mm -hmm. the shortcomings and to, you know, bring it back to the broadcast earlier. I mean, we're talking about a situation like playing EASHL just like on stream casually as a group of friends, let alone getting screwed over by. Yeah, when, if money's involved, I'm, I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah, right. And I don't play for money, though. 
Right. And at the same time, it's like, do you have the standpoint if you're one of those players to just be like, well, I know what I signed up for. I knew what this game was. You know? Yeah. And it's then a fine line. Yeah. And then you get into the conversation about, well, there are bounces in real hockey. And it's like, well, there, there's a difference here in terms of what we're talking about from an EA video game bounce compared to what a bounce in real hockey means, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's another thing I actually just thought of right now, kind of actually had an epiphany on it is like, how much do we want a hockey simulation? Because fucked up bounces happen in hockey. Do they mm-hmm. happen as often as they happen in the game? Actually, maybe because we think of it from a perspective. How many games can you play a night? Like we'll play it five to ten. Yeah. Five to ten games in real life is probably over the span of two to four weeks. So like yeah. it's all in a shorter size. So we perceive it from a human element, whereas we're playing a video game element. And maybe it ha- the, those bounces that happen in real life are happen more. We think more frequently because of ha- just the sheer amount and the volume that we're mm. playing and participating. So I think we need to decide. I think, well, the NHL community as a whole, definitely. How much do you want? a realistic quote unquote game rather than a competitive um, resemblance of hockey because realism includes shit like that. And I'm, I'm sure if someone I'd be interested in someone who actually had the patience to sit down and do the math and looked up fucked up bounces in like actual hockey, how often they would happen and then try to break it down versus how often they would happen in, in, in an NHL video game. I'm sure the game would still take the cake, but I'm sure it's not that as big of a gap as some people would have would would think about it. Hmm. I mean, it's funny because there's that debate over video games and real, you know, simulation versus not like that's mm-hmm. been a conversation in Madden for a long time where EA has the exclusive license for simulation football games. And a lot of people view Madden as not at all being (laughs) a simulation football game with a lot of the gameplay choices there. And well, that's where the X factor system originated and the concept of there's an ability that means for quarterbacks, if you have it active, you literally can't have it, the ball be picked. And it's like, well, that's not simulation. No, there's an ability where if it's active and your guy's in the zone, he can't fumble. That's not simulation. That's not simulation. Exactly. It's it's yeah. this weird mixture mm-hmm. and in between, which is what a lot of sports games are, because I feel like the target is, well, we want it to be simulation, but we'll throw in these unrealistic elements for the fun factor, but that doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. You know, I don't think that translates well to, all right, it's a simulation game, but yeah, we added in X factors for fun or the, you know, just some of the other game design choices that there have, have been. It seems to be this middle ground that sports games have been in for a really long time in regards to, all right, we're simulation, but how do we keep it? more fun and then yeah i think that leads to people like endo and davos and other friends of ours that still love to play their super mario strikers and a lot of other arcadey sports games that game's goaded 100 percent. that game's i just wanted to give endo an in (laughs) to the conversation 
That's that's the greatest. That's the greatest product to come out of Mike Englehart's hands, who you know is the creative director of the current NHL franchise. You know, mm. funny how that comes full circle. Insert um, witty <laughs> comment about NHL being like Super Mario Strikers. It's <sighs> NHL. It feels like NHL hits 2024. No, it doesn't. In some instances, it just feels like it, the bounces are crazy, and in others, it feels like it it like it it works fine. But it's very rare that the game is consistent, is what I've noticed. And it's very rare that a hockey game is still consistent as well, too. So you might be onto something with, you know, the 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 theory, essentially, of that you have more bounces per bounces per 60 because of how many games you're playing in a certain window of time. But then there's also stuff that's kind of inexcusable. But then you can go down yes. to, you know, yeah, coding. Like I'm not, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying those puck pickup situations are excusable mm-hmm. in any way. It's just... Like that's what we expect if we if there's a mechanic we want it to work as it's designed to work, and that's why that I have that theory of we don't really want a complete hockey simulation because you're never gonna have it. It's a video game. Oh yeah. There's so many like different intangibles that happen in the game of hockey that mm-hmm. we don't have control over. So therefore, you you're never gonna be able to make it like hockey. So at some point, why try and why not just make a resemblance of hockey that's competitive and balanced quote unquote that was a uh, conversation i had had with uh, the flopfish who used to be the nhl community manager before the clapperton um and he and i have had plenty of conversations over the years we should get him on the show sometimes he's he's a fucking smart dude and he's yeah he makes great Um, points i love talking with him and he and I had that conversation about like what he would want a, a hockey game to be, which is arcade and fun. Like he views like three on three arcade from the 360 PS3 days as one oh, of the best man. hockey games ever made. Yeah, you know that that's his preference. Of course, I honestly don't have too much experience with that game. God, um, it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've heard. It does. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things with a competitive hockey game nowadays like to me it's it's rock paper scissors a lot of the gameplay right now isn't a lot of it's just like all right i'm gonna try this well i'm gonna do the counter doesn't matter that you did the counter you know to me it's like i I feel like it should be it needs to be a series of counters and whoever fucks up their counter is you know when when you're losing essentially um you know, it's like, oh, okay, you're doing this defensively. Well, then I'm going to start doing this offensively. Oh, he changed. Let me do this defensively. But if you get it wrong in terms of what you're trying to do, then that then the offense is going to have the advantage, so to speak, if that makes sense. And I don't yeah. really feel like we have that series of counters right now because it's way more beneficial to just keep doing the same things that are super high quality if they get through. And even if you fail 49 out of 50 times, well, the one time it works, it's almost a guaranteed goal. So that's what people go for. And it just leads to boring metas. I don't know. Anyway. It's funny because uh, Saphir just put a tweet out talking about the state of, you know, players retiring from Chell Esports, you know? He says, quote verbatim, I will say here, I'll drop it in the chat for you guys to see as well. Uh, former the Hockey Muse guy with the NHL podcast with Rahil, both those guys left. 
He yeah. says, sucks to see so many comp players retiring from Chell Esports. I hate Chell, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, the game isn't designed with Esports in mind. Obviously, you're going to cater towards the casual audience, especially for a game as niche as NHL. And two, other than the hashtag NHL24WC, so World Championship, we've seen a decrease in the number of NHL teams involved in magnitude of events. The golden age of NHL Esports were between NHL 18 and NHL 20. I would also say NHL 21 as well, because that's when they, you know, kind of started getting more stuff in there. Like the Northern Arena tournament, I think that was that was the jumping of the shark because that was a lot of money being dumped in that no one had seen before. And the fallout behind that with, you know, certain things happening and certain language being used when an NHL affiliated tournament had to postpone two days because of stuff that happened. Um, To elaborate on that. What you're referring to is uh, Northern Arena, which is a massive um, gaming organization in Canada. Um, They were hosting an NHL event. And this was around the time of early summer 2020 when the George Floyd thing happened. Um, And... Northern Arena announced they were going to postpone games for a night or two. And I'd like to say children, but let's be honest, these could have been older people too. Uh, freaked the fuck out and said, oh, why are we delaying games for this? And You know? Um, and it, I think it was incidents like that and some others that maybe had some people say, uh, is this the community to, to work with? Mm-hmm. And then it's true at a time right now, like we had some NHL teams that were running their own events and a couple of them have stopped running events. Um, prize pools have dropped down and people are wondering why prize pools have dropped down. Like, I believe the big one was when um, the Sharks had their one that just wrapped up recently with Alice GT winning. They had a previous prize pool. I think it was like $10,000. Because that was what, that's the number basically everyone had set at, and now it went back to twenty five hundred U.S. And people were saying, "Wow, the community's washed, the community's this and that." And like, but when these events happen, you know, it's a reflection of the community. You put out what you put in. You get out what you put in. If you don't put in the effort to watch, effort to support, and do stuff like that, you're not going to get events. Like that. For example, there are. I, I love pointing it back to the for the, the fighting game community, aka the FGC. They have have grassroots tournaments. No matter in what city you live in, it's a major city. There's always a tournament happening. I'm not saying everyone should start making all these massive events and do all these big things. It takes a lot of work, but there is always something happening for a sport for like a fighting game. There are still tournaments for Street Fighter One, Two, Two Super, like all this stuff happening. NHL '94 has a bigger esports scene than NHL does right now. I'm not even joking about that. The amount of tournaments and like actual rankings there are for NHL 94 on the Nintendo Entertainment System and fucking Sega Genesis is hilarious. That shit's been going on for, what, 30 years now? And there's more support and things going on for that. It's just that a lot of people want the instant gratification of things happening, being like, oh, my... My favorite game, my sports game is having a tournament. I want this to go on and on and on and be be more successful without wanting to put in the work to have it be successful. 
I don't know what the solution is necessarily because it, it's just there's so much to change. And you yeah, look at where locals. you look at where this conversation went, and it went from the casual side of things, the competitive side of things, the state of the game, and regardless of what way you look at it, and just there's yeah, there, there's a lot. There's a lot that I think a lot of people would like to see change, but I think the overall point, uh, to Sin's credit, is just, you know, the game's probably not going anywhere. The competitive scene won't go anywhere for a game of its size, uh, but it'll change. The names yeah. and the faces will change, and that's just, that's a part of it. Now, whether or not that change has been accelerated, you can have that conversation. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's still just something that was going to happen eventually anyway. That said, let's get to a couple of viewer questions to kick things off, eh? Eh? Come on! Yeah. Uh, our <laughs> yeah. Our first question uh, comes from one wheelchair Hulk, although I believe there was a typo to my credit, so I am going to double check this. I think I may have copied and pasted the wrong thing, or he did actually ask about this. I definitely copy and pasted the wrong thing. So I am glad that I double-checked, because what yeah, he had like, asked that, about... That seems like a not a question. Because <laughs> it, it wasn't. I copied yeah. and pasted the wrong thing. Uh, he had asked for our mid-season award predictions, which mm. we haven't talked about... Um, our kind of updated predictions in a while. We certainly didn't do it, I believe, at the start of the month. So um, I was kind of, you know, fine with kind of going through here and saying like, okay, who are the obvious winners for things, right? Um, and now a lot of these, it kind of comes down to like, you know, you just look at the NHL.com page and you kind of guess who it's going to be. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Art Ross Trophy winner for top point scorer, there are two guys right now at the helm of this race. In third place is David Posternock at 66 points. Second is Nikita Kucherov with 76. And then at the very top, Nathan McKinnon on 77. If you ask most people, I think, through the midway point of the season now, who's going to put up the most points? I think most people are looking at Nathan McKinnon. He is playing the best hockey of his career. He is averaging an outrageous 23 minutes a night. Hell yeah. Um, literally, I saw something where a reporter asked him, like, hey, so how do you feel about playing this much? And he's like, well, it's my job. That's what <laughs> I get paid to do. The, Which... Nik- <laughs> the Nikola Jokic of the fucking NHL right there. I thought it was a tremendous, tremendous answer on his part. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just I feel like McKinnon's probably the guy that you look at, especially, too, because. Tampa's in a situation where they're not exactly shoo-ins for the playoffs, but a couple of teams in that old Eastern Conference in the Atlantic Division specifically aren't exactly shoo-ins mm-hmm. for the playoffs. So. Um, I I think McDavid's going to win it. Mm. I'm just saying, like, I know he's 18 points behind. Um, I felt a lot more comfortable when it was I thought it was just like Kucherov on top and like pause. No, I for, I didn't realize McKinnon was going off that much. Mm-hmm. He's crazy. Um, I still think it could be McDavid. That's fair. He he's fucking nutty. And we're we need we're waiting for the gr- regression to the mean for f- the mean for him in the way that he's not putting up nearly as many points as he usually does. 
And right. now the Oilers are starting to come alive. He had a horrific beginning to the season, also with injury. Yep. Um, he's in the prime of his career. I don't know. I want to see. I'm, I'm more trying to will it to happen because <laughs> God damn. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, it's it's going to be tough to catch McKinnon. Catching Kucherov, you could do that. Uh, Tampa is struggling. Stamkos may not even be back. Yeah, I mean, that was a big talking point, saying that they weren't going to trade him. To your point about the Oilers, 13 straight wins. Yep. Which is a franchise record. It is the longest winning streak for a Canadian team in NHL history and tied for seventh all time in uh, NHL history for longest winning streak. Um, I had to look it up. NHL uh, records.nhl.com, by the way. Um, an amazing, amazing platform. I love Beautiful. this website so much. Um, the longest win streak of all time. Do either of you know what it is? Hmm. I know the unbeaten streak is the fucking Flyers, like 23 games in a row. Longest winning streak of the NHL. Longest winning streak in the NHL. Got it. Is it? Is it? It's going to be a team from like like decades ago, isn't it? Nineteen ninety two, ninety three. Oh, okay. Hmm. Oh, that's the fucking the the, the Montreal Canadiens. Incorrect. Ah, okay. Give up. The nineteen ninety two, ninety three Pittsburgh Penguins. Of oh, Mary won Yager. 17 games in a row. Jeez. Uh, for the record, the Oilers right now are in a six-way tie for seventh with the 71 Bruins, the 85 Flyers, the 2001 Devils, and the 2022 Florida Panthers. Oh, and the 2022 Devils. What the fuck? Mm. <laughs> um, the height of the list, though, you have the... 2009-2010 Capitals and the 1929-1930 Boston Bruins, who each won 14 in a row. You have the 2012-13 Penguins and 81-82 Islanders at 15 each. The team that's in second is wild to me. The 2016-17 Columbus Blue Jackets have the second longest winning streak of all time at 16. That's crazy. I have no recollection of that whatsoever. I don't. And I, I thought the Sharks had a had a crazy win streak at one point that was like up at least near 12, but obviously not high enough. I thought it was so much more. It was around, it was like after they traded for Joe Thornton, they just fucking went off. But I think leading up to that Thornton trade, they had lost like <clears throat> 10 plus in a row. And <laughs> so maybe I'm misremembering. Well, I linked you guys the website here because you can sort by record type. And then within that record, you can take a huh. look at longest winning streaks from the start of the season, longest home winning streaks. Uh, Records.nhl.com is a website that you can get lost in as a hockey fan for hours upon hours. It is an absolutely absurd resource that's, crazy, that's out yeah. there. Uh couple of things really quickly in regards to the Oilers and the Avalanche, because they kind of came up in the talking uh, points here. 
Um, for the Oilers, we mentioned their 13-game winning streak. Remember when they played the San Jose Sharks in November? Mm-hmm. And it was the tank yes, bowl of all tank bowls. Oh, you know how glorious that win was? Oh, man. God, it seems like so long ago. I can't imagine the Oilers ever playing like that, like against the Sharks. Jesus. We shut down McDavid with six seventh defensemen and Mario Ferraro. Yeah, it is <laughs> insane how this season has gone from the Oilers just in terms of the the ebbs and flows yeah. of, of the year. It's it's insane. And if you were to tell me that they win the Stanley Cup this year, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised, especially with the way they're playing right now. Yeah, yeah well, even they, though they started gonna, off so poorly. They got Perry, so they're going to lose in the finals now. Um, well, that was the next yeah. talking point. <laughs> I, I will say Chuck Knobloch is now fucking set. You know how you know how how many jobs this is going to get him in the future? Mm. Holy shit. And it's not even necessarily that I think Woodcroft's a bad coach. I think he's a fantastic coach. Um, it's just sometimes, you know, the source of the voice gets old, not necessarily what the voice is saying, but sometimes the source gets old. Maybe that's what happened. And all you know, you get the new voice in there. Maybe he's not saying anything entirely different, just slightly different, doing slightly different things. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, yeah, we're good. Mm. Two things. The first is sin. When I don't want to call, I don't want to call it going old man, but you mentioned the name, the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers is Chris Knobloch. Holy fuck, what did I say? <laughs> and you mentioned former Minnesota twin Chuck Knobloch. No, no, former <laughs> New York Yankee Chuck Knobloch. Yankee and twin. He played for the Royals too. He had this, this batting stance. This fucking batting stance. <laughs> what a fucking crazy man. Sorry. <laughs> I just knew you'd get a chuckle out of it more than just be like, oh shit, the mistake. And it wasn't even like, oh, I'm worried someone would correct you. I just think it's funny that Chuck Knobloch That is funny mentioned. because I, I was like, I fucking wonder if he's related. Because who, who's That's named a good question. I, I actually don't know. Let me look really quickly because now Chris I'm Chris Knobloch. What? Yeah, it's they start with C's too. It's so easy to. So easy. Yeah, that was that was an easy an easy Hi, uh, I'm Ben Scully here. Chuck Knobloch up to bat. Yeah. Yeah. Um Okay, so I, I was looking up um Chuck Knobloch and uh, I didn't find a personal section, but I did find a a section on his Wikipedia entitled Spousal Assaults. So oh. um Fuck Chuck. you, Chuck. Chuck I right, <laughs> fuck him. All right, yeah. Sorry Fuck to Chris. Fuck you and your stupid batting stance. <laughs> Christ. Ah, well, speaking of questionable things, to say the least, uh, the Oilers signed Corey Perry. Um, Watch out for your moms, apparently, because that's that's still going on. The the one joke, there's there's one joke every year in, for every season in the NHL. It's fine. And it still. just gets prolonged way too long. And this, no. is, this is the one that Corey Perry fucks everyone's mom. Like, I think it's I funny, and I think it. I think it's fucking deserved for the Blackhawks and for hilarious. the NHL. Sorry, go ahead. 
I mean, we talked about this a little bit before the show went live, Sin, and we've talked about it on the show before in terms of frustrations. Yeah. Um, it is deserved at this point, though. Yeah. The incident, whatever the hell incident was, happened, and people have been completely silent on it, allowing this nonsense to fester. And it went away for a little bit, and now that Corey's Perry's back, it's watch out, like Endo said, watch out, moms of Edmonton. Like, yeah. This is what you deserve. Again, if there were less than stellar details and things were still being investigated or whatever, sure, mm -hmm. you don't have to talk about the details specifically. You didn't mention a fucking thing. Nope. It's just one day he was on Chicago and the next day he wasn't. And now he gets to go to the Edmonton Oilers rehabilitation project alongside the likes of Evander Kane. Yeah, they got they got Vatanen too, remember? Man. Or, wait, Vertanen, sorry. Not sorry, Vatanen, you're you're Did gem. they bring in Vertanen? Yes, they did. They were they thinking of bringing in Jake Vertanen. No, they they did not. There's they no were, way they signed Jake Vertanen. Oh, okay. Well, they were negotiating with him. I remember there were open fucking negotiations. I believe there was, was okay. a PTO discussed. Yep. October 2022, he was on a PTO. Yep. I so they signed about that. No, he never. He, he never played with the. He practiced with them because that's before the season started. You sign a PTO not, still. Yeah. I don't care if it's not an official NHL contract. It, they signed him. Yeah. Like they they okayed. They it was like a week later he got cut. Yeah, September 19, 2022. I guarantee uh, it wasn't because it's playing. It's because of the blowback. From ESPN's website, the Edmonton Oilers signed Jake Vertanen to a PTO on Monday, two months after the Vancouver forward was found not guilty of sexual assault. And then he didn't end up actually playing for the Oilers beyond that PTO. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah. I believe I saw something recently of a player getting a russian citizenship i'm not sure if it's him but a player of, of a notable canadian player who was exiled got a russian citizenship let me find this out russia land of the free home of the putin that's um that's been a thing is a lot of uh a lot of dumb white people <laughs> Being like, Brandon I'm going to move to Russia. Brandon Leipzig was granted Russian citizenship yeah. under the Korea published on the government's website. And so yeah. did heavyweight U.S. heavyweight boxer Kevin Johnson. Uh, Johnson expresses love for Russia and Russian women. Me too. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, enough force to go around. Dudes um, in sports. Also, <laughs> The boxer changes name to Vladimirovich. Jesus Christ. I ain't going that far. Um, but yeah, he was because Leipzig was playing in Russian hockey, was playing in the KHL since he was sacked in 2020 <laughs> over the leak over the, the group chat leak. Yeah, yeah, I remember the story. Yeah. yeah. So aside from the Hart Trophy <laughs> or the Art Ross, in fairness, in fairness to Corey Perry, I mean, what else is there to mention? Like, you know, he's a veteran, grit, serviceable player, whatever. We don't know what the fuck happened. The NHL is fucking stupid. Most people aren't journalists. They're reporters. And people are too afraid to rock the goddamn boat. The NHL sucks. There we go. Done and dusted. Uh, the Calder this year. 
maybe, perhaps, a little bit of an opening for somebody after the injury to Connor Bedard to maybe get their name into the conversation. But as it stands, Bedard is on 33 points through 39 games. The next highest point totals are both from the Minnesota Wild, 27 points in 46 games for both Marco Rossi and Brock Faber. And then from there, you're looking at the likes of Adam Fantilli, Luke Hughes, Connor Zari, I mean, Logan Cooley's. Eh, yeah, not quite there. I mean, it's going to go to Bedard. doesn't matter. It is. That you don't have somebody who can rival him like McDavid in his no. rookie year when he was injured and you had, what, 24-year-old Artemi Panarin coming over. Um, yeah. Who, you know, was able to get the award. You have uh, Pavel Mintyakov, but uh, he's not going to have enough points to, to. I think he got hurt too. Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's he's Jesus. He but is defensemen Jesus, like yeah. that are not going to get the same recognition as a Connor Bedard, as good as no. he is. If unless he's going to put up the points, that's just how it works. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right now, for me, I mean, I think if there's anybody that I would look at to be like, okay, if it's not Bedard, it's him. It's Brock Faber. Um, He has stepped into an incredibly tough role for Minnesota. And, you know, overall, I think it's, it's one of those things where, like you mentioned, you know, goaltenders like that just aren't going to get the respect or uh, defenders like that. I was going to, I was trying to look up goaltenders and the rookie numbers for goalies, but the NHL's, uh, primary website sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I was stuck on. I was trying to just look up for rookies, and I was just stuck on it buffering. I'm like, or loading. Sorry, it's not a video. But it was just fucking loading for like multiple minutes. I'm like, okay, your website sucks, NHL. Yeah, it's not great sometimes. Um, <sighs> so no disrespect to any goalies. It's what happens out there. when your league is run by a bunch of fucking boomers? Very true. Very very true. Um, awards like the Selkie are a toss-up. The Hart Trophy, MVP of the regular season. I mean, that's a trophy where it's just, you know, you can get into that whole debate over who it should be and so on and so forth. Um, The Norris. I am intrigued by the Norris, and that is if this friggin' website will cooperate and it's not going to... (laughs) So you know what? You know who else wins the NHL awards? Other goddamn people. Because I can't name anybody right now on a cursory glance, aside from mentioning like, hey, Kale McCarr's dope and became the second fastest defenseman to hit 300 points. And he did it in one fewer game than Bobby fucking Orr, which is nuts. That's Um, him. So Kale McCarr, probably for the Norris. But yeah, I mean, there are other sites I can go to. But the fact that I can't go on the NHL's primary website to properly see statistics speaks for itself in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. I would say. God, the NHL sucks. Can you even sort by position anymore? No, I don't think so. What? Okay, there we go. Jesus Christ. I just want to know. (laughs) So in terms of defensemen, it's Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, who are both at 54 and uh, 56 points for Hughes, 54 for McCarr. Um, Then maybe like Noah Dobson's in the mix. It's going to be Hughes or McCarr. 
And I mean, right now you probably look at Quinn Hughes as being the favorite because he and uh, his brother Jack were named co-captains for an all-star team. Fun. Woo. Um, yeah, sorry. NHL's website has ruined the rest of your question, Hulk. But hey, we'll talk more about the awards. Um, an, an honorable mention that I'm sure no one had, has expected to be in this conversation is Noah Dobson. Mm-hmm. He's at uh, 1.02 points per game. He's on a sus Islanders team, and he's finally coming into his own. Like Noah Dobson. That's been a name that's been kicking around for a while, and this is just further proof that defensemen, they take a little bit longer to develop sometimes. I mean, you take one defenseman off of that Islanders defense. You're taking him. A while yeah. ago, it would have been Pellick. Pollock, like it's not anymore. It's it's Noah Dobson is the number one defenseman mm-hmm. on that team. We will. I could segue it now, but we won't. We will talk about the Islanders a little bit later on. That is probably the biggest and uh, most intriguing story. Yes. Um, and I will say too, like in regards to the Jack Adams, which I was going to bring up before the site started screwing up. You can always look at the standings, and honestly, you're probably looking at Vancouver. Yeah, it's that got, they are has to be Vancouver, Vancouver and Winnipeg. One yeah, of those two those coaches, one good. of those two GMs. There's Bubba. there's your award winners. Hell of a Why not Torts? Huh? Look at look what he's done in look what he's done in Philly. He's turned that you team know, around. That's he, uh, they are ninth in the NHL right now and could very well make the playoffs. If Philly totally. makes the playoffs, Torts is a finalist for the Jack Adams. Easily. Oh, 100%. Didn't 100%. they give Babcock the the fucking thing for the Leafs making uh making it into the playoffs after completely tanking the season beforehand? Pretty sure. Let's see the history of the Jack Adams award. Uh, no victory for Babcock. Thankfully. <laughs> Not this a single a win final. for Mike dad, Babcock. What? <laughs> it's a, it's a Steve Dangle podcast meme from back in the day. Um, yeah, no, no wins for him and good. Recent winners include Boston's Jim Montgomery and 2022 Calgary's Daryl Sutter. W's. And you know what? Screw it. In 2014, the Jack Adams winner. Oh, God. You remember who it was, everybody? 24. Oh, not 15. 2015 was was Bob Hartley for the Calgary Flames. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2014? Yes. Um, I got nothing, Brody. I don't know. I got nothing. For the Colorado Avalanche, Patrick Wah. What the fuck? They oh, were this awful? week. They made the playoffs that year, and then they went back to yeah. shit. Oh, sure. okay. Okay. Yeah. Patrick Wah, the new head coach of the New York... Islander. Yes, I was going to make that same fucking joke. I was going to make that same fucking joke. I was waiting for it. <laughs> you do it in a better accent than I do, though. The Islander. <laughs> what? That is this is my... in reference to? Uh, French uh, Canadians. Quebecois can't pronounce fucking anything properly. And literally <laughs> in, in, in French, they will just make things English. Like, uh, obviously, like the Canadiens, right? And then, like, the Maple Leafs, it's like, Le Maple Leaf, uh, Le Islander, uh, Le Wild. <laughs> Just the way they pronounce things in, oh, okay. in, 
in Quebecois, and I, it's not even French. It's Quebecois French. Is you keep it English but put the twang on it. It's really weird. So I want to talk about this hiring from a couple of different perspectives. First and foremost, let's talk about the Islanders themselves and their current standing, both literally in the standings and just where they are as a franchise right now. Uh, they are currently two points out of a wild card spot after last night. They won their first game under Patrick Waugh in overtime. Bo Horvat scores the winner. Um, fun fact about Bo Horvat, this is his third straight season that his coach has been replaced midseason. It happened <laughs> twice in Vancouver and now with the Islanders. It's fucking insane. Um, so they're not in a brutal spot, right? Like, you know, they could very well be a playoff team. It's just year. thanks to Gary Bettman. <laughs> They have 11 overtime losses. That's insane. Mm. They've lost 26 games and won 20. That is kind of nuts, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's wild how many they've lost in OT or the shootout. That's like a you Toronto know, stat line, too. Jesus. Yeah. They are a team that's been in an interesting position over the last couple of seasons, right? Like, they were viewed as a team on the rise that made the playoffs a couple of times conference finals too then john Tavares leaves 2019 20 in the bubble they make it to the conference finals losing to tampa then the next year they make it to the conference semifinals uh losing to tampa <laughs> and 2021 22 they missed the playoffs and then last year they lose in the first round to carolina and it's kind of been that frustration, I think, from that fan base of just them not being able to break through. And then this year, despite the fact that they're within striking distance of the playoffs, and it's not normally when you see a coach get sacked, Islanders fans have been furious with the state of the team. That comes down to pretty much one person, their general manager, Lou Lamorello. Jam of the year. Attaboy, Jam Louis. of the year for life. <laughs> <sighs> now, Lou Lamorello is one of the greatest minds in hockey ever, right? Like he is. He is a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He has experience in hockey. <laughs> His team staff history page on Elite Prospects is insane. Do you guys know the first year in which he had a notable role with the hockey team? 1969. Correct. Yeah. Fuck you. I was going to say like 71. Now he just memes it. Bang. 1968-69. He was the head coach for Providence College. In the NCAA, a position he held until 1983, when he then transitioned over to director of player personnel for four years. And then in 1987, he was named president of the New Jersey Devils and served as, at times, president, CEO, and GM for the Devils. Again, from 1987... All the way until 2015. 
basically the head of the dynasty. Essentially. And was he? I swear to, he did. He coached. He, he, he was the coach on a couple of occasions as well. <laughs> like, if he had to fire a coach midseason, he'd just be like, fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. The post lockout devils were something. Jack of all trades. Oh, my God. He goes to the Leafs. Fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> he goes to the Leafs for three seasons as GM, makes way for Kyle Dubas, and since has been GM and president of Hockey Ops with the Islanders since 2018-2019. That man's going to die, like, during a game. I'm not even joking. I mean, yeah, he's like 80-something by now, right? 81. Yeah. Why is he still working, dude? I don't know. You're in fucking, Does he not you're have a it, pension? Like, what the fuck? You're in Long Island, man. Like, go go to a beach. Just chill. I think what he's waiting for a Florida position you? to open. <laughs> you know, that's his retirement. Um, you know, there, there were talks about, is Lou Lamorello past his due date before I was born? You know? <laughs> And then <laughs> I turned 30 in a month, man. <laughs> oh, it's fucking and great. obviously those talks persisted when he was there in Toronto. A lot yeah. of people just being like, okay, a lot of the moves that he had made and that the Leafs made at the time. And then, you know, for the Islanders, it's one of those things where it's like, man, if things are going good, you're just like, all right, whatever. He's a legend of the game. Sure, he's old, but hey, we're doing well. But when a team is struggling or there's the sense of stubbornness, it gets to be incredibly frustrating. Yeah, right. His biggest source of stubbornness was the now former head coach of the team in Lane Lambert. Um, Islanders fans... We're not happy with Lane Lambert for a while as the head coach of that team. Now, it is somebody who I think you could say was very well qualified. Second round pick of the Red Wings in 83. Had some time in the NHL. Played overseas a lot. And in terms of being a head coach, he worked his way up. Started in the W, then went to the AHL was an assistant coach in Nashville, Washington, and then with the Islanders, and then gets a shot as a head coach. But under his tenure as head coach, they went from being a couple wins away from beating the Lightning to missing the playoffs last year, and now, at the time of his firing, being on the outside looking in of the playoff structure. People were ready for Lane Lambert to go. Yeah, and it's his first head coaching gig in the NHL. And he'll he'll, get he'll, he'll learn from it. He'll learn from it. Yeah, yeah. He'll have plenty of time. He's, he's, he's not even 60 yet. He'll have plenty of time to learn. He's, he's a whippersnapper, as uh, <laughs> Lou Lamorello would call him in the hockey world. So, yeah, he'll have plenty of other chances. But, you know, you look now at the Islanders and just how bizarre it is to say that Patrick Waugh is their head coach. Wow. It is fucking wow. weird. You know, he was someone that was rumored for a long time to get another head coaching position once he left Colorado. 
And then after spending the last five years as GM and head coach of the QMJHL's Quebec Ramparts, the entire tenure, it's, well, when's he coming back? And what, what team is it going to be for? You know, anytime Montreal had an opening, people are like, Patrick, come home. I can't do a Quebec accent. Endo, say Patrick, come home. Patrick, viens, viens chez toi à la maison. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, come home. Patrick, uh, why number one goalie, number one coach? You know how there's all those AI generators out there where it's like, oh, you can get like the Undertaker to say whatever the hell you want him to say, and they're kind of wonky. Endo's my my AI <laughs> chat translator where I just Stop put what do that. I want to hear in this accent? Uh, <laughs> Endo talk like Eki. Hello, <laughs> just Eki here. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> Strategies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's the best. Oh, Need to change the strategies. <laughs> oh, oh God. So with Patrick Law, right? Like right now, obviously nobody knows how well he's going to do as the head coach of this team. But you know, he made headlines by uh, being filmed in his first practice with the team, yelling at people for doing shit oh, wrong, which dude, is the great. best. No, the best part about it wasn't even that he was yelling. It was that he had no whistle, no nothing, doing the like the whoop, like the, with his mouth, the <laughs> mouth whistles when he wanted to do the, the drills. It was it was amazing. It was peak. It was peak French. French coach yells at stubborn children, and I'm like, he's probably thinking, Calis, these the fucking ramparks are better than these motherfuckers." Uh, <laughs> I thought he was going to go full uh, Roy Kent from Ted Lasso and just yell whistle because he can't whistle. <laughs> but <laughs> I, think, I think my favorite part is the discourse on Twitter because there's there are some French players on the team. Right. And he and I yeah. believe Patrick Wass says to I think it's who is it? Who's the French guy on the team? Like Samuel, like Joy or whatever. The fuck his uh, name Bulduke. Is. Yeah, Bulduke. Says the Bulduke's fait ton job, like do your job in French. And it was like, wow, I can't believe he's talking to him like that. He's like, that's your coach. Wouldn't you want your coach to tell you to do your job? Granted, it's in fucking French, but the same way, that's his native language. Like, right? if, if, uh, if my head coach told me the fait ton job and I understand do your job, I'd fucking do my job too. You got to set the tone, set the passion there. And apparently that like that their, their training that they only lasted 15 minutes. So if your coach is going to yell at you in the beginning of the thing, like set the tone, like this is how I'm going to be. This is going to be if I'm not on your ass. Then like, fuck, man. Like, and, be, and the players were saying they liked that. They appreciated that he was there to set the tone and, you know, tell them how he's going to be if things are going to go right. I'd rather have a guy like that who, who I'd want to run through a fucking wall for rather than a guy who's going to pass him, you know, just letting us do whatever, you know. And it's it's Patrick Waugh. I gotta yeah. find this video. Someone send it to me. Like he is, I'll find it. A Jack Adams winner. He is a multiple time Stanley Cup champion. For God's sakes, like if there's any, like if there's anybody that can get away, like that's with it, right? Like that's the benefit of having a former player as a coach, especially if it's someone who's accomplished, because there isn't a single player in that locker room who can have the attitude of "I know better." In a way, I mean, I guess you could see it like, oh, if I feel like he's out of touch or something like that. But 
you know, I don't know if you're saying that about 58 year old Patrick Waugh, but I'm intrigued. Like, there's a lot of people who have the viewpoint of like, oh, this could be a shit show or, or something like that. I don't I don't think it's going to be a shit show. It might not be successful, but just because his last highlight was him and Bruce Boudreaux yelling at one another. And pushing just because down the, that's, the glass. Yeah, yeah, shoving the the stanchion like between the benches. Um, you know, just because that was his last highlight and he's a, a fiery individual doesn't necessarily mean I think it's going to go down in flames. But at the same time, if you were to tell me that, oh, Patrick Waugh's tenure is going to end because he decided to fight Matt Martin in the locker room, <laughs> I also somehow wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so, at least for the Islanders, it's it's different. And it's attempting to change something, which I'd say they needed. Overall, I mean, especially I know the Islanders fans that, you know, frequent the, the Twitch chat on a nightly basis. They are ecstatic over this change. So, yeah, any sometimes any change is good. And then when you get a legend like that, that's going to give a big boost. And if it's, especially if it's like a completely polar opposite coaching style or just a polar opposite vibe, that's what's needed sometimes. So best of luck to the Isles for sure. Now, that's what I, now you, you capped it off so perfectly there, but you said something I have to respond to. Talking about the style, I think that Islanders roster, though, was in a really good spot in that Patrick Waugh could take it whatever way he wanted to. Does he want the team to play more physical? They have the pieces to do that. Does he want the team to have a little bit more skill? I mean, I do think they have pieces to pull that off. Barzell, Horvat, Brock Nelson's underrated in his point production. You have Noah Dobson a great offensive weapon, especially for the power play from the blue line. And while it hasn't been the best season, I do still think they have arguably one of the best goaltenders in the world. I think maybe you're looking at Connor Hellebuck has reclaimed the title of best goaltender in the world. Um, Sorokin, by the way, who was on the last year of a deal at 4 million before his extension of eight years at eight and a quarter kicks in. Um, so it's interesting that, you know, it's like Patrick Waugh, goaltending. I don't think he needs to help out the goaltending much. I think it's everybody else that needs yeah. to kind of figure things out. Like, mm-hmm. you got the guy in net, you're fine. It's just, can you figure out everything else? So, there's that. couple of other things here. Let's get back to a viewer question here. We'll segue away from hockey for a brief couple of minutes here as a as an intermission so to speak because reds rebels asks who is the best story of the nfl playoffs and why is it the detroit lions it's not the detroit lions it is all right well you guys go first no 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 who is it it's the chiefs still because taylor swift is bringing all kinds of new eyes to the sport of football do you guys know how many people watch the nfl on peacock Yes, like 26 million or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, 27 million, I believe, was the figure. a lot figure. of people. Um, On she, a paid platform. Paid fucking platform. That's not even all accounting, all the illegally streaming people. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. as, as much as people... Jesus, like, there's the, the, the very... Not... I'm probably big, but not as big as hopefully <laughs> it seems they are portion of the fan base who hate the fact that a woman is enjoying sports or a woman is at a sporting event and she's getting attention 
Like that pisses them off. She just I mean, dude, there was there was a tweet I saw during the, the Chiefs Bills game, which we'll talk about a little bit in a second. Um, where someone's like, Oh, you love that Travis's brother Jason is and not to say that's all Jason Kelsey is known for, but in that instance, it was hey, here's the brother of Travis Kelsey supporting his brother in the stands, drinking shirtless. Yeah, hopping out, hopping out of the box into the upper stands. Hell yeah. And like cheering. That's fine. Yeah. But Taylor Swift is shown dancing with Patrick Mahomes' wife, and some people lost their fucking minds. It's like, could you make it less obvious what you're trying to say here when you yeah. say that one's okay and one's not? God, try. man. There, there's a video of just Taylor Swift walking to like the arena. And someone says bills by a thousand. And then she blows a kiss into the crowd and she keeps walking by. And people are livid in the replies. Like, look at this. She's like making us all about her or whatever. I'm like, dude, she's she just, just supporting her, her man and enjoying football. Isn't that mm-hmm. the American dream? To be no, a self-made no. billionaire, to have money and wealth and to be able to support yourself and to be stable and to enjoy football. I don't fucking know. I'm a Canadian, so is that is that what the American dream is? No, because that's what it seems like it not is. For, except not if you're a, if you're a woman. woman. No, yeah, exactly. You have to you have to be in a trad draft barefoot in the fucking kitchen, <laughs> and you have to have have a social media. The the most fame you can have is a social media platform while you do these weird uh, things of what your security measures are while your husband is away. Oh my god, I saw that shit, and I'm like, what the hell? You ever notice how they're in, they're always wearing all white and they're barefoot? Mm. People suck. But that 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 is the point, though, right? Yes. In regards to like, what do these people want or expect? That they also want to be coddled and not have it thrown in their face that somebody could be doing uh, better than them from what they view as important: fame, mm-hmm. money, whatever. Yeah, and it's you know? so wild. They're like, she's using the NHL for attention, buddy. She's bigger than the NFL. Yeah. Taylor Swift is bigger than the NFL. She's bigger than she's bigger than the sport of football. American. If football. you if you have the NFL hold a game in Thailand, but Taylor Swift holds a concert, who's putting more asses in seats? Yeah, <laughs> Taylor fucking Swift. Like yeah. people. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And you know what? The, 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 you know the reason why the NFL is showing her so much and the because they need her. The NHL needs her. She doesn't need the NFL. The NFL needs her because she's driving up ratings. She's bringing in a whole new audience to get invested in the sport of football. And if you're about the growth of the sport, if you're a fucking football purist, you should be about the sport growing and new eyes to be on it to learn the sport. But it's not. There's this weird fucking gatekeeping mentality of if people don't do it my way, the way I believe and then those are the same people that call everyone else, you know, communists and shit and authoritarian. And oh my God. <laughs> they call it note. woke. Sorry, they call it woke. Yeah. On a side note, um, Charlie Arsenault, previously of uh, Game Over Ottawa for SDPN, um, which, by the way, I'm looking forward to having on the show at some point. I think uh, I talked to Audie James as well, who had done the Calgary ones. Uh, we're gonna we're Fuck gonna have yeah. those boys on at some point this season. Um, you know, Charlie put up a post, the UFC held an event in Toronto 
Yep. This past weekend. And um, it's turning into a very right-leaning sport, the UFC. No, Granted, I don't know it was. Is, is no. I mean, it was, but it was never as brazen and brash about it as it is now. Huh. You know, you to sure? the point where they're carting out uh, Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson to sit cage side and putting a spotlight yeah. on them. Like that for like um, four years now. Being in Canada. Well, yeah, but I mean, four years is still relatively recent in their history. I mean, they've been around since 93. Um, <sighs> they held an event in Canada. And um, I find it funny that, you know, a lot of people there who are probably the ones that have the uh, opinion of keep politics out of sports had no problem in mass chanting fuck Trudeau. No. Ironic, I'm sure. It's just a coincidence. You know, it's fine. as a Canadian, I will say this. A lot of people really don't like Trudeau because mm-hmm. they don't understand how the judicial system works here in Canada. That's all I'm going to say on that. Well, they don't That's understand all it needs how it works in America either. Yeah. So <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> We're one in the same. Um, yeah. You know, so obviously like last night was the, the Chiefs-Bills game and a lot of people like, ah, rigged for the Chiefs, rigged for the Chiefs. The Bills choked. They did. They choked. They, they, there were just too many big plays that didn't even involve the officials. Josh Allen threw the prettiest pass of all time last night. I showcased this on stream. He threw the ball of dreams. I'll try to find it here and link it for you guys. Um, Just literally the prettiest goddamn pass of all time that a supposed number one receiver... Couldn't catch. Um, in the form of Stefan Diggs. Um, there were other missed plays. They went for a fake punt on fourth down earlier in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's me. That's what I do. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but like, it was the officiating bad. Of course it was. Does it probably favor the freaking Chiefs in some ways? Probably. But the Bills, the Bills blew it. I mean, it sucks that they blew it fucking wide right that would be like the patriots blowing another fucking stanley cup final in 13 seconds it's like oh they did it again somehow we're getting reverse swept again like they were in 2010 um it was a fun game to watch but they fucking choked that's the only thing i could say is they fucking choked like they panicked and didn't want to leave Mahomes too much time left on the clock they choked is what it is um which you could call a story of the playoffs. Um, I feel, I mean, the, the story is the Lions at this point, right? Because Chiefs, Ravens, Niners, and then Lions. One of those teams is not like the other, you know? And I, I, I'm all in on rooting for the Detroit Lions from here. I mean, given the fact that the other three have all won a championship in the last 25 years. Didn't? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to vote for no. the best quarterback in the game. That's fair. Hey, you know what? Because I, I want I want a really really talented QB to be hopefully surpass uh, the really really pretty good one. That's right. the best with a lot of rings. I'm sorry. I I, I I can't help but throw barbs at Brady. He's he was great, but uh, literally the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Now, obviously, I want Mahomes there, though. He's fucking sick. 
I, I hope he goes to the Super Bowl, too, and loses to Detroit. <laughs> there you go. We can both have it our way. Um, Sin, you and I were texting a lot during the Niners-Packers game. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. You um, you know, we talked about that over the last couple of years, right? Like your NFL fandom wavering yeah. a little bit. But always I, being, I, I got, I, I, I slowly eased back into it over the course of this year, pretty much. Yeah, the whole Aaron Rodgers debacle, even though he's fucking gone and has been, like, it really soured. That combined with just the fact that they just never, when he's in his prime, they did not build a team around him ever. Mm. Then they never fucking trade the, the retrie- retriever. Yes, God. Like, oh, we got Aaron Rodgers. Let's just throw a bunch of fucking Division II college guys out there. They'll be fine. Hmm. I fucking, mean, hey, it worked You're for not Brady. Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean Mike McCarthy isn't Bill Belichick? What do you mean? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so, and here's the thing. There were some bad fucking calls in that game that went against the Packers. You know why they lost? They missed a field goal. That's and they failed to finish two drives early in the game. That's still the encompassing factor. There are two really shitty spots on balls and do not get me started. Why we still use like the spotting and the fucking chains to measure first downs. Mm -hmm. Holy hell. What year is this? Um, Every other sport we got. We're pissing and moaning that it's too precise in the NHL. These offside challenges. We get it down to the fucking pixel. And here's the NHL trotting out the chain gang in the year of our Lord 2024. (laughs) Where's the index card? Where's the fucking index card? (laughs) Um, Sure. But you you missed a field goal. Your complaint to the NFL? (laughs) (laughs) No, dude, I got to got to send a telegram. Ah, yes. The old carrier pigeon, the best way to contact <laughs> Roger Jesus. Goodell. Oh, God. But it was it was at least fun texting with you during the Packers game, even if it didn't go. Yeah. Jordan Love's you... got a lot to work on. He's got potential, but he. I ain't comfortable. And this was his first year as a starter, though. You know? I know. And I know. And I'm pro- I, and I, I think I said this on one of the last podcasts. I'm 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 so jaded. By just yes. what I've had to watch from my team in the way of quarterbacks. Yep. You go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and then that you're hey. like, all right, who's the next guy? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Colts fans went through it, although granted they got to go from Manning to Luck. Um, and then even after Luck, it's like, oh shit, what do we have? Patriots fans are going through it right now in regards to you know. I think we forget how good Bledsoe was too. That's fair. Yeah, he wasn't like I would say he was like a step below franchise. Maybe he was fucking elite though. The Patriots. This is probably their worst run of quarterbacks in like thirty years because they went from uh, obviously before there was Brady Bledsoe. A couple of different combinations in there in the late eighties, early nineties, but Steve Grogan was the the primary guy throughout the 80s and he's a pretty underrated quarterback in his career. He was um he's a Patriots Hall of Famer but I think he led the league in passing touchdowns in like the late 70s at one point. Hmm. So I mean, it's been a while since they and then even then like Doug Flutie was there in the 80s <laughs> back when the forward pass was illegal in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> You can't pass till third down. It's fucking illegal. <laughs> oh, God. 
Yeah, it's been a while Ooh. since the Patriots have had um, uncertainty in regards to the to the playoffs. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Or the quarterback position. Certainly since the playoffs, they're going to continue to have uncertainty surrounding the playoffs. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, they got. I think they got a little bit. I think they got certainty in the quarterback position. It's just you're certain that he's not fucking it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mac. Sorry, Toogie. Um, keeping that Mac Jones jersey though, mainly because uh, the shipping right. would cost more than what I could get for the jersey itself. I'll probably get a love jersey if he if he, if he continues to develop. I just yeah, fucking hell that last. Don't throw. jinx it what too early. Doing. I'm gonna throw off my back foot. I'm gonna throw off my back foot instead of checking it down. God damn it. Oh God. Anyway, would have been a sick fadeaway though. Fuck <laughs> it. You're not him yet. Down. Damn it. He's on fire. He threw some dots in that game, and then he just does shit like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Young quarterbacks. I they know. do, for the most part. Most of them. Yeah. So, there you go, everybody. Our weekly football talk segment, at least up until the uh, NFL playoffs are over. Because the NFL playoffs have been fucking awesome so far. Um, and more interesting than most of what's going on in the NHL. Um, to that point, the only other real talking point that we have that's of a, a modern like currently ongoing situation is what's happening with the Ottawa senators. Yeah. Um, Shane Pinto was back after his mammoth suspension signed for the rest of the year at league men. And uh, I'm sure he'll help out a lot for one of the worst teams in the league. The the sends are tragic this year. Uh, and a lot of thought was like, hey, DJ Smith, he's a part of the problem. He might have been a part of the problem, but he wasn't the only problem because they have statistically gotten worse in a lot of different aspects since firing DJ Smith. Yep. Uh, they are currently the fifth worst team in the league, only ahead of Columbus, Anaheim, Chicago, and San Jose. It'd be really cool if you could like, click on a team in the NHL app and it would take you to that team. Jesus Christ. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> app is so fucking bad too so bad man oh man um apparently tsn's reporting the senators are expecting vladimir tarasenko um or they're expected to ask tarasenko to waive his no movement clause you know we signed there for the year there's a lot of talk about jake chikrin as well this is a team that was viewed as like oh playoffs this year we got to make the playoffs this year and now they're talking about selling away pieces. They have yeah. some rough contracts in there, some extensions that they signed. Like, there's some obvious ones to get traded. Tarasenko. Yeah. Um, if I was them, though, I'd start looking at uh, Shabbat. Shalom. Oh, like, Shabbat. I think. Not, not Shabbat. God, why'd they have to get Hamannick too? Um, Shabbat, I think, okay, if you're going to make a change, go with a core piece. And there's a time when it was like you wouldn't think of like trading Shabbat, hot Sambacho. Hmm. Um, but at this point, shit, I think it's going to take something like that. I don't want to see them make the Leafs mistake and fall in love with their core and keep running it back. God, because I... something's clearly wrong with the vibes. What do you mean? Leafs are fine. The yeah. core, whatever number. The core 
four, five, four six, seven. Under yeah. the, I don't know. The core four um, under the floorboards with Harrison Ford. They're like, so young, though. <laughs> I think that's part of the problem. Is like they're so young. I think they're almost. If there's a thing like too young and too much responsibility, too early. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe even yeah. too much money, too early. All right, who are their their centermen or what? Stutzla. Um. Norris is listed as one, right? Ridley uh, Grieg. Cap Friendly has their centers as Norris, Stutzla, Pinto, and Sharks legend, Rourke Chartier. <laughs> so we talked about when we were going over all the prospects about how like centermen take a while to figure out how to win faceoffs. Um, Bedard, I'm sure, has a horrible face-off percentage, but he's going to keep getting played to center. Matthews entered the league. Um, I'm pretty sure he was like 30 percent in the face-off dot, but they Dude, Jack kept Hughes is him. still like sub 40 <laughs> percent. Yeah, like it, it takes a while to learn how to win face-offs, but sentiment or sentiment. The biggest problem I see here is like, who are these guys learning from? Mm. Giroux did play center. I don't know why he's just like a full-time winger now. He's Maybe still he never a face-off god, too, when he takes draws. I don't get it. Like, Why isn't... Put him at fucking center and teach those kids. Like, it's I don't know. I, I think they're... It seems like they committed to the core. And then they're like just like, okay, go do it. And I don't know. It just... Something's wrong. Clearly, something is wrong. And I don't... I wish I had the answer. I'm sure Sens fan wish someone had the answer. Yeah, it's, uh, I, it's. I have a guess. <laughs> um, their defensive structure isn't great, but um, you know, goaltending can succeed even in spite of a bad team in front of them. It's been done before. Trust me. Look up some of Auntie Ranta's numbers on the Coyotes. Oh in, man, like, twenty fifteen era. God, the goaltending this season for the Sens. Jonas Corposalo, making $4 million for three years after this, has a 356 goals against average and an 887 save percentage. That's not good. Anton Forsberg, who makes 2.75 this year and next, has a 335 goals against average and an 889 save percentage. And then their young goalie prospect, Madge Sogard, has played two games. Has a 458 goals against eight uh, goals against average and an 845 save percentage. You know who they need? They need AHL PTO superstar Casimir Kaskasua, who's got four wins, zero losses, 1.95 goals against average, and a four and a 946 save percentage. I don't know. I think they need Elvis Merzlikens. Just throw a lot of money at another goaltender. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Right. <laughs> I mean, a cost-friendly option would be the guy grab a guy like Cass off of PTO and sign to a contract. But it's you know, all those times of just, all those times of just giving up on goalies and going out and spending a bunch of money on another one is just haunting them now. They don't have the guy. They've yeah. never had the guy in such a long time. But geez, God, when's the last great Ottawa Senators goaltender? Honestly, it's Ray for me. It's, it's Craig. No, Craig, Craig Anderson. Anderson. That's fair. <laughs> it has to be. And look how long ago that was. Andrew Hammond. <laughs> like, I'm even thinking when they made the, the conference finals, like, way, way back. Like, it was fucking Gerber in net. Yeah. 
Gerber, yeah, Gerber, Hammond, who went on that fucking hot streak, who retired last year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they have damn. such an up and down goalie history. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in the past few years, since Craig Anderson alone, who last played in 2020, Hogberg, Decord, who's now killing it in Seattle, yep. Matt Murray, Philip Gustafson, who's doing all right in Minnesota, Cam Talbot, who's destroying worlds in Los Angeles. Yep. Bunch of young dudes. But even before Craig Anderson was done, you know, you had Hammond, but then you had Nathan Lawson. You had Robin oh, Leonard, but then you had Danny Taylor. Fuck, I forgot about Robin Leonard. God. You had Pascal LeClaire, Brian Elliott. Like, they have a really hey. interesting goaltending history. Fucking channel legends, dude. Pascal LeClaire and Brian <laughs> That's Elliott. True. That's true. 2K10 legends. Like an all star. The real Pizza Gate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have an episode title. <laughs> oh, no, no, we cannot put that. We're, you know how many hits we're going to get from fucking crazy people, and then they're going to hear two seconds of Jesus us Christ. being pinkos, and they're going to go perfect. ape shit. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Listen. Why not? I already got enough people on my ass. I don't need any more. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, the sentence. And it, final thoughts for me. You probably shouldn't. No disrespect. I don't. We don't want to be abusive towards the elderly. But Jacques Martin's seventy-one years old. Let him go enjoy it, Cabo or something. Like, why was that the answer? I would get a young coach for, for all the fucking young team. Right. Shit, bring back Guy Boucher, his freaking James Bond villain-looking ass. Like, <laughs> do something. I don't know if you want Craig Berube. I don't know if he's a fit for the team. Barbecue Bruce. Let him go back Br in. Bruce, there it is. Record. Come yeah. on. Barbecue Brucey. Anyway, shout out to the sense. Couple other things to discuss here really quickly. We have three questions, essentially. The first is a viewer question. Comes from, An uh, from Anton Roussel himself. Comes from Roussel, who was a big fan of Anton Roussel. If you Gross. could go back in time and prevent one trade or signing in NHL history from happening, what would you choose and why? I feel like we can preface it by saying that we can make it more centric towards our favorite teams. Uh, because no, no, no. Unless you got one league history-wise. Mm -hmm, I do. What Connor do you Bedard should have told the Blackhawks no. Mm. I wish that happened so fucking bad. It was never gonna happen. But oh, if I could, if I could undo one thing, I would have him full Eric fucking Lindros. Be like, no, I'm not gonna play for this team, this organization who covered up sexual assault. Are you kidding me? I'm the I'm the best prospect since McDavid. I can't disagree. <laughs> that is probably that is probably the go to. God. Ando, did anything spring to mind for you? It's a lot to cover. The July 5th, 2013 signing of David Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't touch his fucking water bottle. Endo. God. <laughs> Every oh God, Toronto's son was calling him Wendell Clarkson. <laughs> God. <laughs> and his first fucking game was the line pro at the Sabres. <laughs> Mm hmm Where he jumped off the bench and got suspended. Yeah. <laughs> in the preseason. 
And then Toronto was in love with him from that point on until they weren't. Same with Reeves. You ever see that training camp video? Like Domi and Reeves were like doing a little puck battle in the corner and smiling. Everyone fucking filled their jocks up. Just tweeting about that. Oh my God, the Leafs have never had this. They're going to teach everyone to dig in the corners. (laughs) And they fucking hate them two weeks later. Domi's useless. What's Reeves doing? He fought once in here. Ryan Reeves, by the way, who's in the... The headlines Cook. right now Cook. for insisting that he has been healthy for weeks despite still being on the IR and, and being quoted as saying, I hate it that he's been healthy scratched. And then something came out that I saw where apparently he can't play without having two braces on his knees. Yeah, he's <laughs> got to pop his knees back in place and shit. Yeah, he's like, I can't play without my braces because if I play, I have to and I, and I make a wrong turn with my knees. I have to pop my knees back in place. My brother How'd in Christ, give that this is guy not three years, dude. Your living is Christ. so ass, man. <laughs> that money could have went to someone else. Yeah, that and money... I know there's people like it's just one point three mil when you're against the cap for three years. When you're against the cap, you know you could have had for that money the fucking Klingberg signing, you Sam Lafferty. You could have, <laughs> you could have kept. <laughs> could have He's kept great. Could have kept Lafferty. Uh, I think the only like good sign he's had has been Dubois. But I mean, he's a he's basically been like a, a fe- You mean not Benoit. Dubois? Sorry, uh, Benoit. The Simone other the Benoit. other Benoit, not Chris. Um, Pierre Luc Benoit and Simone Dubois. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Frenchman, all your names sound alike. Ah, oh, it's too much. Um, Man, but yeah. So, <laughs> for me, I don't know if I have a, a great answer. Like, my initial thought as a Bruins fan was the Joe Thornton trade, which, by the way, Jumbo getting his number retired by the Sharks. Yeah, I'm surprised season. we didn't talk about that already. We were going to. We were <sighs> going to, and actually the next thing I was going to bring up, but I figured I could mention Joe Thornton off of this, so why not? Um, anything to mention specifically about Jumbo, Sin? Well, I try to think of something here. <laughs> I mean, this was this was absolutely going to come. He is a yeah. goddamn gem of a player, gem of a human, uh, one of the best players in the NHL of all time, despite the NHL's top 100 list clowns. Um, yeah, <laughs> and what did so much for this franchise. Uh, you know, obviously, we'd never won a cup with him, but his impact, it should say something that we're going to retire two players who never actually won a cups, but they had such a huge impact on this organization. Mm. Like, it, it is just, you know, they were just, and Jumbo in particular, man, just so good, man. Mm. Prime Jumbo. Like, I don't, I don't know if people appreciate, can like really comprehend just how dominant he was. Mm hmm. And in, like he ne- he was never a great skater. He was never awful, but like he was dominant. You could not knock him off the puck, and he would he had just vision for days and a hell of a shot when he actually used it. Hmm. Um, obviously for me, like the Joe Thornton thing, I wouldn't revert that trade. They didn't get as good of. <sighs> A return as they should have. It's a Kevin. You, you do it good. Wayne Primo. Brent Marco Stim. <laughs> Marco. 
Marco. <laughs> you there? Oh, God. Um, I wouldn't change it because it led to the Bruins having the big off-seasons that brought in Savard, yeah. Chara, led to and more Stanley time Cup. for Bergeron, Kessel, Krejci. So that is what it is. Like, I, I wouldn't revert that. Um, I... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Bedard thing. Like, all I can think about is from, like, uh, how humorous it would be. Because trading-wise, it's it's really tough. Especially in recent memory. So I gotta be honest. I, I gotta be... I think I gotta be... Oh! Got it. It didn't say players. Nope, you know what? Never mind. I was gonna say, I was gonna revert... Columbus signing Mike Babcock? No, they des- they deserve to sign him and now be bottom five in the league. They deserve made, that. So yeah. Never mind. Yeah. You go ahead and take you wear that L right on your fucking forehead, Columbus. Um, I got nothing in regards to this. I'm intrigued to see what people can come up with, but um, Kovalchuk to the Devils. That way, maybe the Thrashers stay in Atlanta because they keep their fucking superstar. Aside from that, I'm not sure. Oh, signing. Does it have to be a contract? I would stop Ted Turner's company from selling the Thrashers to the Atlanta Spirit who ruined the fucking team and got them moved to Winnipeg. <laughs> there you go. Bam. There you go. Now, we mentioned some of our, our favorite aspects about our teams. We mentioned Thornton. I was going to bring up Thornton because I saw a question on Reddit that I wanted to ask you guys. Man. The question was, what is your... I'm never going to get over this loss as a sports fan. And I think this was asked because of the bills. Mm. Now for sin, I was going to say, Hey, Joe Thornton, but for the sin, for the, for the sin, for the sin, (laughs) the sin, the sin, the sin bin podcast. Once you, once I just like here, take this podcast. I don't want it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As a sports fan that encompasses every team that you've rooted for. I still imagine, though, the Sharks is, like, the biggest source of pain. And I would imagine it's Sharks-Kings from the mid-2010s. It's tough. There's been a lot of them. Um, Because you've talked about your history as a Packers fan. You've talked about your history as a fan of the Oakland A's. Yeah. There's There's been some heartbreaks in there. There has been. The thing about the A's is that you can never be truly heartbroken. Because they were never <laughs> fucking supposed to do anything. <laughs> like <laughs> Packers, there have been some real shit losses and stuff like that. But yeah, it has to be the Sharks just because of how dominant they were. Yeah, uh, yeah the reverse sweep has to be it because the Kings went on to win the cup. Mm-hmm. And that literally could have been the Sharks. And it should have been. Yeah. You cannot lose four straight. Uh yeah, it's close. Obviously, the losing in six to Pittsburgh really hurts. But like at the same time, it's like that was the last chance. And Thornton and Marlowe were not the same players they once were at that point in their career. They just simply weren't. And blowing it to the Kings like that with them in their prime, with the team that we had, with what happened, how the Kings went on to win it all. Yeah, I don't think I ever really get over that because it's – First of all, you get put in the fucking history books for the wrong reason. Second Mm -hmm. of all, the Kings, like I said, they went on to win. It's not no guarantee the Sharks did, but like 
at the same time, that was a that was a road that the sharks could be. Ah, uh, yeah, it's. Whew. Yep, let it out, buddy. Let it I'm, out. <laughs> I'm depressed now. There were so many heartbreaking playoff losses for the Sharks throughout all that time. They got they got like more manageable, but they were all shit. Like losing right. to the Blues sucked, and the Blues go on to win the Cup. I doubt we would have beat Boston, but imagine yeah. that series. Yeah, I was so hoping for that, but yeah. <laughs> Endo. You will never get over this loss as a sports fan. Is it the 2013 Toronto Maple Leafs? It's not. Mm. This is this is going to come as a as a it's a combo. It's a one two punch because you'll understand in a second. <laughs> this lovely, delicious cold cock combo. combo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when the league restarted. Um, back in 2020 because of COVID. Mm-hmm. There was the NHL play-in where the Toronto Maple Leafs played against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And mm-hmm. they lost the final game in that series 1-0. Mm-hmm. Jack Campbell was crying because he said he should have done better. Um, I think <laughs> out of anyone that man. Out mm-hmm. of anyone of everyone on that team, he took it, he took it the most. Not anyone on the core four, not our fucking captain. He doesn't say missed anything. on a wide open net, hit the post, wide open cage, t- could have tied the game, go to overtime. Who knows what could happen over there? Then, months later, when they do the draft for the number one pick and Alexis Lafreniere, mm. the Toronto Maple Leafs ball hits the fucking post inside the inside the the lottery draft ball like inside mm-hmm. there hits the post three times comes back out and then the New York Rangers ball goes whoop right up just mm. right up there that is a that is a moment that I will never forget as a Leafs fan because we had protected top it's like 10 a medieval pick, insult and we would have had Alexis Lafreniere if we didn't hit the post not only on the ice but in the fucking machine and I, I mean, it seems I like he wonder, dodged a bullet. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he would have been better. Maybe. I think, he, I think it would have been Probably better in that system. Been. Yeah, he would have been so much better in that system. Let's be real. For me, there's a couple of different ones to think about. Um, you got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I have two that I think it's going to be, but I'll, I'll see what he says. Well, I'll throw the wild card out there of um, of a Liverpool mentioned uh, with uh, the, the Steven <laughs> Gerrard slip, but I did get over that um, because Liverpool ended up winning the league, which is great. Um, it's down to Bruins or Patriots, and then it's down huh. to which ones. How could it be Patriots? They won so much. Eli Manning. Yeah, he owns them, but like you still won exactly seven, or six. <laughs> I could have been more. You sound like me pining <laughs> about the Packers me. quarterbacks. It's, you sound like me pining about the Packers quarterbacks at this point. Two thousand and seven, one went away from a perfect season. 
the greatest season of all time. Tom Brady, Randy Moss, every Patriots fan is full mast. <laughs> and they lose because of David fucking Tyree with the most ridiculous goddamn catch. It's not the only reason that they lost, but that perfect season. And I look at that as a source of frustration because there is a member of the only team to ever go undefeated and win the Super Bowl, which is the Miami Dolphins. They, um, granted, had less games to play and everything. The Patriots actually, at 17-0, had more wins. They just didn't win the title. Um, And this son of a bitch pops up out of the woodwork every goddamn year. Mercury Morris. Like fucking a groundhog on Groundhog's Day. Whenever whenever the last undefeated team in the NFL loses, he pops his fucking head up to be like, still the best, and then he goes away again. Fuck you, Mercury Morris. <laughs> I hate you. I fucking hate you so much. God damn it. He's, he's, I've never seen a, a bigger troll in their 70s than Mercury goddamn Morris. Um... So that, that that's oh my the Patriots God, he looks one. Incredible. Uh, <sighs> I fucking hate him. <laughs> <sighs> oh God. Um, for the Bruins, that there's a couple. It would have been the 2010 reverse sweep loss to the Flyers, but they won the cup the next year, so it's fine. Uh it's down to two. <laughs> It could be more than two, but there's two. 2013 against Chicago or 2019 against St. Louis. And it's 2019 against St. Louis. Wow. Because in 2013. I would have thought you tried to avoid the recency bias. Okay. So here, here's how I'm viewing it. 2013 was only game six. Mm. If you flip that result, and the Bruins don't blow it in 13 seconds. You go to Game 7 in Chicago. Who the hell knows what happens? Maybe Yaramir Yager raises the Stanley Cup at United Center. It'd be amazing. 2019 was at home. The Bruins raising the Stanley Cup if they win that game in their own building. Yeah, that's true. You know, because like for the Red Sox, they win in 04. They won it in St. Louis. They win in 07. I'm going to sound like an asshole here. They win in 07. They won it in Colorado. 2013, though, they won it at Fenway. And that felt different. You know, like, the freaking Bambino curse being broken was special. Beating They beat the Colorado Rockies. Like, the Rockies were good that year, especially Todd Helton, like a rookie Troy Tulowitzki. But it's the Rockies. No disrespect. I like the Rockies. There's a re- mainly because I like playing there and rode to the show and launching 700 foot nukes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i can't remember which road road to the show it was but you could get like a power that made every single fucking stadium like that for you i, yeah. I had that all the time I'm like oh my god i was just <laughs> i was fucking not even like i got to the point where I, my guys you know decked out and i'm like not fully connecting with balls like pop flying them but they would just go out <laughs> yeah oh man Ah oh, shit. Um it, it's it's 2019 for the Bruins. Like it's it's just different if you win that cup on home ice. Um I don't even 
When, let's see, when is the last time, I forget what year it is, the Boston Bruins won the Stanley Cup at home. I think it's the 30s. When was the last time the Bruins won the Stanley Cup? I can't find the time that they won at home. I think it was 41. Like, you know, them them winning at home would have been something. And instead, uh, 31 other teams get to enjoy Brad Marchand crying. Which I totally understand you enjoying that because that was the same the same look on his face was the look on my face when he went for that line change at the end of the first period. Um, it's just, it, yeah, it's just one that you can't forget. And again, I've always said it. If the Bruins weren't playing the Blues, I would have been like, ah, cool. The Blues win the Cup. That's awesome. Um, and it would have been a great story. But, you know. You know. Yeah. Anyway. We have fun. The final thing I wanted to discuss was there was a graphic out that showcased every team's last MVP. And I want to throw it to a quick little quiz for y'all to see how many you can get as a team. All right. As a team. So first and foremost, teams with no MVP award winners, Arizona, Calgary, Kind of surprising, like the Newendikes, the Aginlas, the Kippersoffs, mm-hmm. Carolina, Makes Columbus, sense. Dallas, mm-hmm. Seattle, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, Seattle, Vegas, Winnipeg, and Ottawa. Most of those make sense. Yeah. Gentlemen, who was the last MVP for the Anaheim Ducks? Brian Getzloff. Nope. Close, but no. I have Wait, a MVP. Available. MVP. Uh, MVP. These are all like skaters. Hart Trophy, right? Hart Trophy. Yeah. Okay. Jay Shiger. No. We Maybe talked about him earlier today. Jonas Hiller. Corey Perry, really? Corey Perry. Wow. Lol. Is the Ducks' most recent uh, Hart Trophy winner. <laughs> you could call him a heartthrob. Ha 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 ha. Sorry. <laughs> Ha! Ha! Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, Corey Perry won the award in the 2010-11 season, which is uh, kind of nuts. Yeah. The Boston Bruins' last MVP. Hmm. Boston I Bruins. available. David Pasternak. Incorrect. Damn it. Give me a hint. We talked about him on this show. Huh. It's Marshand? Rat Ratthew Marshan. We talked Joe about Thornton. Joe. Because... Oh, he won it there? Oh no, because the year he came over the yes. Fuck you! That doesn't count. <laughs> no, shark. That's a shark award. Fuck you. Shark. Literally. <laughs> Shark. <laughs> Bullshit. No, that doesn't count. Uh, it, it's nope. how they officially marked it down. Nope. I agree nope. that it Kevin shouldn't Bacon be. Kevin Bacon wasn't in Footloose. Nope. Nope. You lose. He, he also serves as the Sharks most recent winner as well. Yeah. The only winner for the Sharks. <laughs> Honestly, it should have been fucking Carlson last year. Jesus. Probably. How make that team not last place? <laughs> For the Buffalo Sabres, 
Any guess? Dominic Hoshik. Correct. There yeah, you go. Like, who the fuck else would it be? 1998. Chicago. Oh, their last heart winner? Yeah. Gross. It'll be like... Uh, Taves. No, it's got to be Kane. Patrick Kane. That's yeah. got to be Kane. That's got to be Kane. <laughs> There's a clip running around um, that the Deadlock Wrestling Podcast has shared a lot. Is it the DX? Um, and it's, it's Kane being introduced on like a SmackDown in 2001. But Lillian Garcia was doing the ring announcing and somehow she said Kane, but it sounded like she said Steve. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because normally she'd be like, Kane! And somehow you listen to it, it sounds like she goes, Steve! <laughs> to find the clip. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, uh, Colorado Avalanche. This is fun. Oh, Colorado. Man. Oh, their last MVP? Yes. Ooh. Who's that I'm, guy I'm who's like out it. for a yeah, while right now? Landeskog. Landeskog. Incorrect. He is yeah, vaccinating, not... though. Good for him. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Your hint. 2002-2003. Um, uh, Joe Sackick. No, no. Fucking Peter Force better. Endo? Oh, God Which damn one? it. Oh. <laughs> it's probably Forsberg, isn't it? Correct. Peter Forsberg. Yeah. We did it. Or Schmack. Forsberg. Me the Detroit Red Wings. Either, hmm. it's either right. fucking Lindstrom or Zetterberg. No one knows. No. It's Dotsuk. Wow. No. Wow. What? 1993 94. Oh. Whoa, Stevie, why? No. S- fucking Steve Stales? I don't know. Steve! Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? In 92 93, Shanahan? He wasn't no. there at that point. I don't know then. Future Anaheim Mighty Duck. Oh, New and Dyke. Sergey Fedorov. Oh, huh. wow. I'd have never guessed. What are the odds that Detroit hasn't had an MVP in the last 30 years? That's I mean, it makes, wild. Wow. It's yeah. insane. With Datsuk, Zetterberg, Lidstrom. Yeah. What the hell? Edmonton. Oh, that's easy. It's Connor McDavid. Correct. The fuck? The Los Angeles Kings. That's been a minute, hasn't it? I'm going to say Gretzky. Correct. Ha! Fuck you, Kings. You guys suck. You win by teamwork. What a loser. <laughs> 1989 for Gretzky. Teamwork and Montreal Canadien. Oh, God. Fucking Maurice Richard? Oh, like, what the no, fuck? No, Carrie Price. Carrie Price won it. Number year, one Golar. Carrie Price. Yeah, I knew I knew they gave it to him for some reason. The <laughs> price is right. Cadiz, Tabarnak. The New Jersey Devils. Scott Niedermeyer. Endo, do you have an initial guess? I was going to say Scott. I was going to say Scott Steiner for some fucking reason. Um... <laughs> Scott Stepp. 
<laughs> but sucking. <laughs> uh, Your hint. He, the guy 2017, 18. Oh, fuck me. Oh. 17, 18. <laughs> 17, 18. He's a forward. Correct. Okay. Is he a father? <laughs> fucking guess who? <laughs> okay, Christian, settle down. Yeah. Um, he's played for a variety of different teams. Um, God, Wait. I got nothing. He's a teammate to a oh certain my award. God, favorite. yeah, yeah, stupid Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Oh, that was yeah. so undeserved. So undeserved. The New York. Islander. Sigmund Palfy. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, I'm going to go and say Mike Bossy. Like, I, I don't think they've won That's it in a, a strong hot guess. minute. I don't think they've won it in a hot minute. John Tavares. They last won it in 1978-79. <laughs> just before Wayne Gretzky would win eight in a row. <laughs> Brian Trottier. Ah, okay, Ryan okay, yeah, yeah. Aussie was a really good guess. Yeah, I, f I knew they hadn't won it in a minute. The New York Rangers. New York Rangers. Your it's hint. It's been a while, hasn't it? 1991-92. Oh, wow, way before I was thinking. Leech. Yep. Good guess, but no. Fuck. <laughs> I got nothing. Endo, pretend this was a cookie. <laughs> That's a hint the of some fuck? sort. It I is. Get it, though. STPN viewers will know. Pretend the Stanley Cup is a cookie. I got nothing, dude. Mark Messier. I was ah. thinking Messier. I don't know why. 9192 for that. Mm, There's a jar preserves. The Philadelphia Flyers. Oh god. It's going to be someone ancient. Ah, uh, maybe not. Lindros? Philadelphia Flyers. What'd you say? Lindros? Correct. 1994-95. Eric Lindros. Is the it Ross or Ross? I've heard it. I always heard Lindros, but so did I, but then I'm assuming if it's like any any sort of like accent on it, it'd be like, eh, yeah, I'm, it might be the correct way. Let me know when we're done because there's one more thing we should talk about. Um, okay, fuck you. I'm having fun, Endo. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when we're done. Let me know in chat what it is you want to bring up because we are running late here. But I knew oh, you guys would have fun just, with this. Or at least this similar. is a blast. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Last heart. Ooh, this this is a trick, isn't oh, it? That's recent. No, Crosby. Crosby's won a heart. He's won everything. But I didn't Malkin win it one year? And wasn't it more recent? I think because the last Malkin... hardware Crosby won was the Maurice Richard. I'm gonna say Malkin, but I I don't think I'm completely right on that. Bill Castle. No, no, it's it's Crosby. In 2011-12, Evgeny Malkin. Uh, won the heart trophy in 2013 a... 14 Sidney Crosby won the heart trophy yeah. fuck you <laughs> ah! 
Fuck you! <laughs> oh, I was so... I was filleting myself. Get oh. fucked, you asshole. <laughs> this is why you watch the video portion, everybody. Oh. <laughs> Arms in the air. <laughs> God I damn can... it, I haven't celebrated that early since uh, uh, Saturday. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, they got this field goal? Fuck yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, the Sharks, we already mentioned, Joe Thornton. Mm-hmm. The St. Louis Blues. Ooh. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> Good guess, but no. Oh, I don't even know. Ooh, I, I got to go back. This has got to be like early 2000s. Correct. Pronger. Correct. 2000 yeah. season, Chris Pronger. It's on the cover of NHL that year. Mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm. Kucherov. Correct. Oh, was it? When did he win it? Yeah, 1819. Oh. Was okay. only the uh, second member of the Lightning to win it ever after Martin St. Louis in 2004. Yeah, I was going to guess him or LeCavier. I didn't think that this core has won it. Okay, interesting. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews won the heart. Correct. 21-22. Yeah. There you go. The <clears> Vancouver, <throat> Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver Only Canucks. Canucks to ever win the award. Pavel Bure. No. Shit. And O for the steal. Was it this was this Dean? Maybe. Yeah, I guess which one? Who was better? Hold was it on. Hank or Daniel? I remember seeing this. <laughs> um Daniel Sedin. Henrik Sedin. <laughs> yeah, whatever. They were the same jerseys anyway, it's fine. It, it could have been Daniel that season if they yeah, just decided to wear been. the other's jersey. There you go. I don't know. Brother. And the Washington Capitals. Easy. Uh, Alex Ovechkin. Correct. Yep. In 2013. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Damn, we're out. That's oh, well. Yep, that's it. But I feel like we can do more of that in the future. I have fun. You know, I've discovered that. Fun. You know, I, I have a lot more fun talking about the past and stuff like that. I think I we just can, like trivia. Yeah, I think we can find fun topics to Hell yeah, uh, brothers to talk about in the meantime. Um, Endo, the story he was going to bring up, I do think is one worth mentioning. I don't have much to add about it. Um, but I don't wanted to bring up the, um, uh, the issue going on in junior hockey right now where the BCHL, um, was going to bring in five AJHL teams next season. The AJHL has now suspended those five teams for the rest of the season. Endo your thoughts, because on one hand, I'm like, I get it. I understand it. On the other hand, I agree it's kind of shitty, but I, I, it's just it's one of those like yeah, hockey's fucking weird, isn't it? Type of story. So one too. of the things one of the things to note here is that four out of the five four out of the five teams here are the top AJHL teams, notably the Brooks Bandits, who beat the absolute piss out of literally anybody they play. Uh, who some notable players from there are Kale McCarr and um, someone by the name of Aiden Fink, who was drafted late last season 
to the Nashville Predators, who's undersized forward. Um, he had like 100 points, whatever. It was something ridiculous. So the big thing about this is not that the BCHL is growing. That's, that's obviously huge. Last year, well, earlier this year, the BCHL parted ways from the Hockey Canada program because of stuff that was going on probably internally and having options to do stuff because it's very rare that a player from the BCHL would ever play for Team Canada. It, it very rarely happened. Um, so what would what they did what they then did was go private independent and they're now doing their own thing because the BCHL has historically been a feeder for the NCAA. And a lot of people may not know this, but if you are in Hockey Canada and you're playing major major junior in Hockey Canada, you your 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 options afterwards are kind of limited because once you play there, a lot of leagues see that as NHL development, and they don't see it as a development league. They see it as an actual NH. They see it actual pro hockey. So if you play in the O or the C or the QMJ, you do not. You are not allowed to play in the, excuse me, in the NCAA. There was an issue with that with a player who had some KHL time who was going to sign over and play for the University of Maine, but couldn't because, technically speaking, he played the KHL for a couple games and it voided his status as being a non-NHL as an, as a non-professional player. And now he's in U Sports with, um, with Ryerson, uh, aka Shout out to Artyom Duda. Exactly. He is probably the most prominent Homer's player to make it over really there strong. Dude, in a long Dude. time. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he's the most that. prominent player to make it over there, especially because he is like a draft pick and he's pretty high up on the list. Um, now, it's huge here because, you know, you're a feeder for NCAA and other pro leagues. It's huge because there's not really much that you can do with Junior A in Canada because it's very rare that players ever get called to play, you know, for the national club. And they do have the Junior A championship, but like that's very ever like talked about or promoted at all within Canada itself. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a big change because now players can recruit outside of. Usually there's like a limit for how many imports you can bring in for certain teams of Junior A. But now that they're going independent, they can bring in literally anyone they want, which is another right. cool thing. It's a big change. Yeah, it is a big, also, big change. One of the clubs was scheduled to actually host the Canada's National Junior A Championship next year. You know, with uh, I would think it was the um, the Ota Talks. I probably mispronouncing that. The Otok Talks Oilers. They were hosted. The, they were slated to host the tournament this year, or well, next year, and they have to find a new host. And it seems like not only was like last week's games postponed, but more games are being postponed at the moment. And the AJHL has put out a statement saying, you know, teams aren't suspended or anything like that. Meanwhile, their games are getting canceled. It's like, yo, we're not prohibiting anybody from playing, but just for the twenty third, twenty fourth, you know, Octoks can't play. The Sherwood Park can't play, and you know, so you're not really suspended, but at the same time, you're not allowed to play your games until we finalize the situation, which is kind of harming the kids in their development, and they're getting caught in the crossfire, which is what they wanted to avoid. But that's pretty much all it is for junior hockey. And uh, also, one thing to note is that because B the BCHL left, the AJHL moved a lot of teams moved up from junior B and are classified as junior A now, so. That also changed the whole giant thing over there as well. With that, it's everybody, 
It is. It is. A lot about hockey is a mess. But hey, that's why we talk about it. And we thank you for listening to us talk about it over the course of the last two hours or so. Uh, we will be back most likely next week, unless some major news breaks. We'll have a secondary show later on in the week. But for now, Endurance M, what do you have going on? I just noticed Titanfall 2 went on sale for 7 bucks. Worth it. I'm looking into that because Titanfall 2 is great. Also, I have EA Play, so I probably have it for free. But yeah, um, didn't stream today because I was cleaning up. I needed to do some more cleaning before hockey. But uh, more streams are happening. I actually bought my I bought a Wii U off of my cousins because I'm just going to jailbreak because the online servers are off. And I'm going to play a whole bunch of games on it for fun. And because I can. And I'm going to play Wii Sports Resort. So less hockey on my channel, more just honestly whatever the fuck I want it to be. I was doing uh, I was doing tier lists the other day with cake. It was fun. Yeah. Cake. Sin. What's up? I just started draft glory franchise mode on my channel. Wait. And uh, finishing uploading that fucking Finland tournament we did. <laughs> but yeah, that's the main thing. And then, uh, yeah, we got to do some more Parsec, like a franchise mode with more people on NHL Legacy because that game's a blast. Yeah, we got uh, a couple weeks before you're heading back yeah. over to Finlandia, if I'm not mistaken. So Finland. We need to uh, to figure that stuff out, don't we? Yeah. And also uh, that other thing. That other thing. That, that co-op thing. I, uh, I I have a couple ideas for us, and I'll, I'll text you. Well, there you go. With that, everybody, you can still catch me on a nightly basis on the streaming side of things, whether it's NCAA college football, maybe some Parsec Pals with the friends, maybe one game of Eshul before I throw myself out the window. Time Yay. will tell. For now, thank you for listening, for Sin, for Endo, for Steve. Steve. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye. <laughs>